time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. Last night, I was sitting in a restaurant eating by myself, which gave me plenty of opportunity to watch all the other people in the restaurant and just do a little people watching at that time. And I noticed this other table, five people. There was one guy that seemed that nothing the wait staff did was good enough. They didn't serve his drink correctly. They didn't serve his food correctly. They hadn't set the table correctly. He wasn't happy about all the the pieces on the table. He wasn't happy about the pepper and the salt. He wasn't even happy about the sauces. And I thought it was kind of interesting that maybe he was just in a bad mood. And then I began to watch the rest of the table interact with him. And I realized that this wasn't a one-time event. The way they were interacting, they obviously had had some uh, close acquaintance with him, and they all seemed to be working around him. And I realized that what they were doing was dealing with a difficult person. So the rest of the meal, I had this opportunity of watching how the waitstaff tried to placate this difficult person, while the people at the table were working in ways that were their habitual ways of dealing with this difficult person. And the fact was that everybody around were doing gyrations to try to deal with a difficult person. It made me start thinking about the fact that many of us have difficult people in our lives. Now, let me be clear. When I'm talking about difficult people, I'm not talking about someone who has a difficult moment somebody who's upset about something at that particular moment, because we all have those moments. And it's easy to just say, oh, they're difficult, when really it's about a difficult situation. So what we're really talking about today are the people who just seem to be difficult, that whatever is going on, they somehow manage to be the problem spot, that they somehow manage to make everybody else function around them. And it raised a question for me of, what do you do about that? So the first question I would have you to pose for yourself is, how many difficult people do you have in your life? How many difficult people are just in your, just around you? Because there are some people who discover that they seem to attract difficult people. In fact, they seem to almost multiply around certain people. So if you found yourself to be that person who is constantly surrounded by difficult people, I want to talk about it that at the end, because there's something there you need to work on. But first, I want to talk about how you deal with a difficult person that comes into your life. That difficult person may be someone that you can't just exclude from your life. It may be that you have to work with that person. You may have to work for that person. You may be in, in a situation with that person. You might be on a committee with that person. You might be sharing carpool with that person. That person may even be living in your house. So how do you deal with that difficult personality? The first step, I believe, is deciding what is your deal and what is their deal. In other words, you have to be careful not to take ownership of the problem. So the other person is difficult and they complain and you'll notice that whenever they do that, they're basically taking all of the energy and pulling it towards themselves. So everybody has to deal with that person. In some ways, it becomes a very self-centered focus. And you'll notice that everybody around them has to be other focused, focused on that person trying to make everything okay. 
that's the hard part. And we'll get to that in number two. So the first thing is to decide what part of it is your deal and what part of it is their deal. Here's the interesting thing I've noticed about that. If there's somebody who is difficult that's around you, if you tie into that, if you try to make everything better for them, it won't make it better. It will only multiply the difficult things that they bring to you because you're basically feeding a mentality. You're almost giving attention to the fact that they have something difficult, and so they turn it into their way of getting their attention needs met. In fact, as I've observed it, most of the time people who are difficult have some deep insecurities or they have some deep places where they believe they deserve everybody to serve them. So they either come from it from an inferiority place or a superiority place. They have a hard time having an equal relationship with somebody. Instead, they want somebody to serve them or they believe that somebody should fix them. Either way is a problem spot. And so you have to decide what part of it is your deal. If there is a part that is your deal, then you have to deal with that piece. But if it's their deal, allow them ownership of their part of the situation. For instance, let's say it's a work situation and you have to work on a project with that person and they want to shove everything your way. You have to be very clear about what is your deal? What is your part of the process? What is your part of the project? And you've got to allow them to have their part, to make sure that you're not taking on their part as a way of maybe placating. Placation never works with a difficult person. So that brings us to the second point, which is you want to watch the equation of control versus power. Sometimes we try to make things better. And so the person who is is being negative or difficult has control of the situation And so you have given them control of the situation, but at the same time, they hold power over that situation. You have neither control nor power. And if you have neither control nor power, you're in a losing position. So they want you to deal with things, but they don't allow you to deal with them. And you keep trying, therefore they have the power. And whenever that happens, you lose your own personal power. So you want to make sure that when they're trying to get you to take control of things, that you allow them to hold on to that control and allow them the situation itself. And you maintain your own sense of personal power. You switch it. When they try to hand you control, you hand it right back. But you maintain your own place of personal power for yourself. Notice that those two variables, control and power, Number three, I call this the remove or reduce method. If it's possible, get that person out of your life. If it's possible, get off the project or change locations or whatever you can to get them out of your life. But if you can't remove, you reduce. Reduce your interaction with that person. At least reduce the potential for a negative interaction with that person. You might find some places that you can have conversations and dialogue And so you use those as your point of communication, but you remove negative people from your life when you can, difficult people from your life when you can, or you reduce the interactions with that person. The fourth thing is use self-clarity in your understanding. This means to step back and decide what part of this is yours. What part of the feelings that are going on are yours? 
a lot of times the person who is difficult makes other people around them feel guilty or feel responsible or feel like somehow they need to fix things. So a little self-clarity means that you examine what part that's coming from. When you have an emotional response to that difficult person, to examine why you're having that, that response and decide that if it's theirs, that you shift it back. But if it's yours, you at least clarify that those are truly your feelings. Which leads us to number five, which is clarity in communication. One of the things I noticed at that table that night is this person was going on and on and on. And there was a lack of communication back of any clarity. I could hear the conversation and I could hear people talking to each other about what was going on with this person, but they never were talking with that person. They never challenged that person. Sometimes clarity is important in a conversation. Clarity in communication means that you state it with clarity, not with emotion. You might observe, like the sky is blue, You know, if I were to tell you, hey, did you notice the sky is blue? You could say to the person you're interacting, hey, have you noticed that right now you're really trying to put me in a position that I don't need to be in? Have you noticed that you're trying to make me responsible for the areas of this project that are really yours? Have you noticed that every time we take a step forward, you have to point out the problems we have? You have to point out all of the the problem spots or the negative spots? You say it in a way that doesn't increase the emotional load. So we call that charge-neutral language. It's kind of like saying the sky is blue. Did you notice this? Did you notice the sky is blue? Did you notice how you're causing difficulties? Sometimes even with that, they'll respond. At which point you say, look, I needed to point that out to you because I'm not able to continue our relationship this way. In other words, you give them a chance to change. What I've noticed is a lot of times difficult people are more difficult in certain situations with certain people and less difficult in other situations with other people. And usually the less difficult positions they're in is because of the clarity of dialogue that's coming their way. Number six, you don't have to catch it. This is a big one. I think the problem with that difficult person is it becomes a contagion. It's easy to catch the negativity and the difficulty. It's easy to become cynical. It's easy to become angry. It's easy to become resentful. Whenever you're around somebody who is difficult and you begin to feel those emotions, one important thing is to recognize that those are the emotions that they're feeling and you don't have to become infected by it. Okay, so what if you find yourself constantly surrounded by such difficult people. I would suggest that this is an important lesson for you to realize that there's probably a place for you to look at how you set boundaries with people. Boundaries are how you expect to be treated. They're the no's of your life. No, you may not uh, treat me that way. No, you may not talk to me that way. So boundaries may be an issue for you because difficult people rarely stay around people who clarify their boundaries and hold them. They don't like that because they're not getting that need met. So when people aren't setting boundaries and holding them, they tend to attract people who are looking for somebody to take over ownership of their problems. And then there's the standards of what we expect of ourselves. 
I've noticed that when people raise their standards, it also changes the people around them. And sometimes we need to raise our standards of what we expect of ourselves. If you're not clear about boundaries and standards, I have a link to two podcasts in the show notes of talking about how you set your boundaries and how you raise your standards. So if you find yourself surrounded by those difficult people on a regular basis, please pay attention to that. Otherwise, follow those steps and how you deal with a difficult person. Make sure your deal is your deal. In other words, don't own what's their deal. Watch the equation of control versus power. Remove or reduce them as much as you can. Have self-clarity about what's going on inside of you, which leads to clarity in communication. And finally, remember, you don't have to catch it. Let the difficult person manage their own difficulties without you getting infected. This is Lee Balkum wishing you a thriving life. listening to the Thrivology podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at thrivology.com or at thrivologymagazine.com. Remember that Thrivology is spelled T H R I V E O L O G Y. It's your life. Time to live it. Uh-huh.